the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Uvalde, Texas parents insist the district school police chief, Pete Arredondo, be fired. The 77-page investigative report confirms there were systemic failures with law enforcement's response. New York City Mayor Eric Adams is frustrated over the surge of immigrants and demands the federal government pay for their housing. You know, New York is going to do its share, but we have an overburdened um, uh, shelter system now. A bipartisan group of senators came to an agreement over making it harder to overturn presidential elections. There is bipartisan support for some important common sense reforms. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Thursday, July 21st. I'm Mike Scott. The U.S. and allies committed even more rocket systems, ammunition, and other military aid to Ukraine on Wednesday. As American defense leaders say they see the war to block Russian gains in the eastern Donbass region grinding on for some time. Officials have been reluctant to say how long the war may last, but Army General Mark Milley, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, suggested It could be a long slog. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin says it's hard work making sure allies and partners keep backing Ukraine with military aid. We're pushing hard to maintain and intensify the momentum of donations. The Joint Chiefs Chairman Mark Milley says Ukraine is strategically using U.S. rocket systems to hit key Russian targets. These strikes are steadily degrading the Russian ability to supply their troops, command and control their forces, and carry out their illegal war of aggression. A report released by the United Nations says that hundreds of people have been killed in Afghanistan since the Taliban overran that country nearly a year ago. The report also says as many as 700 people have been killed and 1,400 wounded since mid-August 2021, when the Taliban overran the Afghan capital of Kabul as the U.S. and NATO were in the final weeks of their withdrawal from the country. Marcus Poltzel is with the U.N.'s assistance mission in Afghanistan and says their report highlights concerns about human rights abuses and hundreds of killings since the Taliban takeover. Concerns with regard to ongoing extrajudicial killings, arbitrary arrests and detentions, torture and ill-treatment, denial of women and girls' rights to participate in many aspects of daily and public life, restrictions on the media. Fiona Frazier is with the UN Human Rights Office and says the report from the assistance mission in Afghanistan finds hundreds of attacks on civilians since the Taliban takeover in 2021. 
UNAMA recorded uh, 2,106 civilian casualties, 700 killed, 1,406 wounded, the majority of which are, were attributed to targeted attacks by the self-identity Islamic State in Iraq and the Levant, Khorasan province, or, uh, known as ISIL-KP. Uvalde, Texas's top school official has recommended the firing of the school district police chief, central to the botched law enforcement response to the elementary school shooting nearly two months ago that killed two teachers and 19 students after facing increasing public pressure. Pete Arredondo has been accused by state officials of making several critical mistakes during the May 24 mass shooting at Robb Elementary. Good Morning America's Maria Villarreal says that body cam footage and a subsequent report on the tragedy shows there were major failures in law enforcement and school security. Families pushing school district officials to fire police chief Pete Arredondo, seen in this video pleading with the shooter. Sir, let me know if there's any kids in there or anything. This could be peaceful. At one point, he acknowledges the delayed response in taking out the gunman. The 77-page investigative report confirms there were systemic failures with law enforcement's response. And Robb Elementary had a culture of non-compliance with safety policies. None of the three exterior doors to the school's west building were locked, giving the shooter unimpeded access. And the shooter able to get inside room 111 through a door with a lock that had been broken for months. Villarreal says that the parents of victims have to face yet another setback in seeking justice for their children. Another gut punch for these parents this morning. Overnight, my sources have been able to confirm that while the autopsies have been done on all the victims and the shooter, the reports from those autopsies, the autopsies won't be done for up to a year. Parents really want these reports because that should detail exactly when their children died, how they died, and could they have been saved. School officials have previously resisted calls to fire Pete Arredondo. The announcement comes two days after a meeting where the school board was lambasted for more than three hours by members of the public who accused them of not being transparent about what happened and of failing to hold Arredondo to account for his actions. New York City Mayor Eric Adams is demanding the federal government help pay for what he has said is a wave of asylum seekers and illegal immigrants pouring into the city, claiming its safety net was being strained by busloads of people coming from border states and elsewhere. We need uh, uh, not only uh, federal government, but we need some of those states that have been giving people one-way tickets. We need them to understand that uh, this must be a partnership in this country to deal with those who are coming here seeking uh, refuge or asylum. Uh, you know, New York is going to do its share, but uh, we have an overburdened um, uh, shelter system now. Adams' comments echo those of Washington, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser, who took to national TV to say her city's homeless shelters were filling up because of buses being sent en masse to the city from Texas and Arizona. The problem in New York City is exacerbated by its own right-to-shelter mandate. 
which means any homeless asylum seeker who comes to town by any means has to be put in a bed somewhere. Reports indicate that more than 2,800 asylum seekers had entered the shelter system in recent weeks. Joe Khalil, Washington correspondent for News Nation, explains the situation facing New York City. When and it comes to New York City, uh, Adrian, they want to help, but the question is, where do you house these folks and how do you do it? You know, the mayor, uh, Eric Adams, held a press conference yesterday about an hour long just on homelessness. It's a huge problem right now in New York City. In fact, their homeless services department says they've got about 48,000 people every single day. Think of that number, 48,000 every day that rely on these shelters just to have a roof over their heads. So the system is already overburdened. So add to that now this new population of migrants who are seeking asylum. Uh, Eric Adams says in the last six weeks or so, they've gotten about 2,800 of them, many directed to New York City by the federal government. But he also says that most of them have been directed by state officials in Arizona and in Texas. And now New York City's mayor says they need help. Khalil also says that while New York would like to help, They need the federal assistance. Again, they want to help. They actually have a city ordinance in place called Right to Shelter, which means that anybody who is seeking a roof over their heads who doesn't have one is entitled to one by the city's rules. They will be guaranteed one. But he says in order for this to happen, in order for the city to help these migrants, they're going to need help from the federal government. They want resources and they want extra dollars, which is almost exactly the message that we heard from Washington, D.C.'s Mayor Muriel Bowser just a couple of days ago. Todd Benzman is the Senior National Security Fellow at the Center for Immigration and joined the Salem Radio Network to discuss what he believes are the failures of the Biden administration's immigration policy. People from all over the world, from any country in the world, except for Honduras, Guatemala, and El Salvador and Mexico, but everybody else gets to the border And within 72 hours, they have legal documents and they're on buses, Greyhound and charter buses and American Airlines flights. They pay the tickets to any city in the country. Benzman says busing and flying immigrants into American cities only encourages more migrants to come illegally. That operation is going on seven days a week, all day long, right now, all along the Texas border with those nationalities. So it's important to know that those are the nationalities that are getting exempted from 42. And as a result, this caravan that has formed, this massive caravan that formed is made up almost entirely of, guess what? Those nationalities. Because they send selfies home. They send video home. Guess what? Look at me. Thumbs up. I made it. I'm in America. And so they all come. Benzman also says that it's the Mexican government that's doing the most to help immigrants heading to the American border. What's happening now is that the Mexican government is handing out about 1,000 visas a day that are good for 30 days. They can travel anywhere they want inside Mexico with these visas, and you can guess where they're going. (laughs) Um, And they're providing, they've promised to to provide buses to all 10,000 of them. And those buses will go to 10 different Mexican states so that it's dispersed in a way that you won't be able to see them when they hit. 
Benzman explains that it's his opinion that the Biden administration's immigration policies have so many discretionary holes, they cancel out some immigration laws. These are policies that even when, you know, high courts, federal courts determine that, you know, you have to do this policy, uh, there's still so much discretionary uh, wriggle room in how they actually do the policy that they can they can you know make them you know null and void essentially like they did with Remain in Mexico. President Joe Biden traveled to Massachusetts to promote new efforts to combat climate change. Although he will not declare an emergency that would unlock federal resources to deal with the issue, despite increasing pressure from progressive climate activists, and some Democrat lawmakers. The White House said Tuesday it has not ruled out issuing a declaration later, which would allow the president to reroute funds to climate efforts without congressional approval. White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre echoed the president's statement, saying declaring a national climate emergency remains a possibility, but not this week. I would not plan uh, a uh, a uh, announcement this week on national climate emergency. Again, everything is on the table. Uh, it's just not going to be uh, this week on that decision. Mark Morano, author of the Politically Incorrect Guide to Climate Change, joined the Salem Radio Network to discuss the green energy lobby. What his cabinet agency is saying, what his appointee who actually said we, kids don't need the clothes on their back because they're not going to have a future unless we deal with climate change. They're offering up their Green New Deal as a sort of chemotherapy for this fatal cancer that we face of climate change. And this is literally how they think. So we should be welcoming this pain of the Biden administration, which is offering mega dose of chemotherapy. But there's one problem. The chemotherapy is not going to work because we don't have the condition that we were, that's being that's, that's being we were diagnosed with, and that's why every cabinet appointee of, of Biden now is praising the pain that Americans are going through. A bipartisan working group of senators reached a deal to make it harder to overturn a certified presidential election marking the most significant response by Congress to address the relentless pressure campaign to overturn the results of the 2020 presidential election. Mr. President, I rise today to acknowledge the months of bipartisan hard work that has gone into two bills that we're filing today. The Electoral Count Reform and Presidential Transition Improvement Act. I repeat, the Electoral Count Reform and Presidential Transition Improvement Act and the Enhanced Election Security and Protection Act. The proposal still needs to be approved by both chambers and will need 60 votes in the Senate to break any filibuster attempt, meaning at least 10 Republicans would be needed to back any legislation. Senator Joe Manchin of West Virginia says the bills were long overdue. What we learned through those discussions is that there was bipartisan support for some important common-sense reforms that would help restore Americans' faith in our democracy and how we basically apply our democracy, how do we select our representative form of government. MSNBC's senior national political reporter Sahil Kapoor explains what's inside the bill. What does this bill do, or rather these two bills, since it's broken up? It would make abundantly clear that the vice president's role is simply ministerial, that he or she does not have 
any unilateral authority to reject electors uh, submitted by states. It would also raise the threshold for uh, objecting to electors from what it is now, which is simply one member of the House, one member of the Senate. Very easy to achieve to one-fifth of both chambers. Remember, Trump did not have those kinds of majorities, especially in the Senate. That would not, uh, his attempt would not have been successful if this bill were law. Kapoor also says the bill clarifies other aspects of federal presidential elections. In addition, it clarifies the Presidential Transition Act uh, from the 1960s to make clear that in cases of closer contested elections, both candidates have uh, resources to aid the transition. Uh, It would also address the issue of alternate slates of electors by making clear that it is the governor of the state, unless explicitly and previously identified by the state, who has the authority of submitting the electors. And it creates an expedited process if an aggrieved candidate chooses to challenge those electors. Kapoor explains that the bills have also been approved by both Senators Chuck Schumer and Minority Leader Mitch McConnell. Beyond that, there are some provisions in here doubling penalties uh, for intimidating or harassing election workers, poll workers, and that sort of thing. It's a major effort uh, crafted by more than a dozen senators, Republican and Democrat. It has been blessed by party leadership, including uh, Schumer, the Democratic majority leader, and Mitch McConnell, the Republican minority leader, who said yesterday he has been in regular touch with Senator Susan Collins, the lead Republican on this proposal, is sympathetic to what she's trying to achieve. Sales of previously occupied U.S. homes slowed for the fifth consecutive month in June, as higher mortgage rates and rising prices kept many home hunters on the sidelines. Sales have now fallen to the slowest pace since June of 2020, near the start of the COVID-19 pandemic. Excluding the pandemic slowdown, sales in June were running at the slowest pace since January of 2019. Daybreak Insider's national correspondent, Lisa Dwyer, takes a look at numbers. Sales of previously occupied homes slowed for the fifth consecutive month last month as higher mortgage rates and rising prices kept many house hunters on the sidelines. The National Association of Realtors says that existing home sales have now fallen to the slowest pace since June 2020, but buyers had a wider selection of homes to choose from in June. Even as home sales have slowed, home prices kept climbing last month. The national median home price jumped to 416000 That's an all-time high, according to data going back to 1999. One silver lining for buyers is that prices are not climbing as much as they were earlier this year. NAR says that at the current sales pace, the level of four sale properties amounts to a three-month supply, though that's still short of the five- to six-month supply that reflects a more balanced market between buyers and sellers. I'm Lisa Dwyer. A Lafayette, Indiana pizza delivery man is being hailed as a hero after saving children from a burning home in northwest Indiana. Daybreak Insider's Keith Peters has more details. That's because Nick Bostick saw a house burning, jumped out of his car, headed into the inferno, and rescued five people who were trapped there. Bostick suffered smoke inhalation and a gash on his arm when he punched through a window while saving a six-year-old on the second floor and then jumping to the ground. Lafayette Journal and Courier reports the fire started when a bucket of ashes wasn't extinguished properly. Keith Peters reporting. And finally, NASA's Perseverance rover captured an unusual image of something lying in the red sand of Mars. 
an object that appears to be a bundle of string. The YouTube verified channel Cosmic News explains the strange finding. NASA's Mars Exploration Rover Perseverance has discovered a strange object on Mars that looks like spaghetti noodles. The image comes from one of the rover's front-facing hazard avoidance cameras that keep an eye on the landscape to protect Percy when it's driving or using its robotic arm. The most likely explanation for the tangle of material is debris from the mission. Perseverance has caught sight of its landing equipment leftovers from near and far. Notably, back in June the rover spotted a small piece of a thermal blanket wedged against a rock. The rover's arrival on Mars in February 2021 was quite a dramatic event. The descent stage safely delivered the wheeled laboratory to the surface and then skedaddled away to crash at a distance. Percy caught sight of the crash, and you can see how bits and bobs of gear might have gotten spread across a wide area of the landscape. A broader view of the messy object shows it in relation to one of the rover's wheels and the end of the robotic arm. Currently, NASA's Perseverance is exploring an ancient delta called the Jezero Crater. The rover is looking for microscopic signs of life that may have called Mars home millions or billions of years ago. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at daybreakinsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at srnnews.com and townhall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.